Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Happy opening day. It is October 1st. Opening day, Iowa, Illinois, lots of other Midwestern states. Um, not really worried about you guys that open in September. October 1st, it is here. And this is a surprise episode with your man, Mark Jury. So... Big shout out to him for kind of jumping on kind of last second. You know, we caught him after he was hunting and, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to pin that dude down when he's getting after it. Like we all know he does. But anyway, we, uh, we referenced DeerCast a ton during this podcast. Um, not necessarily in like a sales pitch, but just, it kind of just comes up naturally in topic because, uh, the juries have kind of poured everything into DeerCast and their accumulation of knowledge is all fed into what DeerCast is. And I think a lot of people can benefit from it. Uh, so just start this off. Um, if you go to DeerCast, you, if there's a free version and then there's a paid version, um, if you'd like to save some money, code WCB20 will save you a little bit of money on DeerCast. I highly suggest it gets you all the information you need and a ton of other good stuff that we cover in this DeerCast track and the whole jury library. And it goes on and on. Everything's there. It's, it's pretty awesome. So definitely check it out. Use code WCB20 for DeerCast, and we hope you enjoy it. Uh, the podcast is brought to you by HHA Sports, Sync Crusher, Loophole Optics, Thermoseat, Victory Archery, Gator Outdoors, Elite Archery, Big Time, Old Barn Taxidermy. Those are our great partners, and I'm kind of just kind of going through those to get you to the point of this podcast. You're driving to the stand, hopefully, or you're preparing to go right after work. And best of luck to you. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And once again, big shout out to Mark for jumping on last minute and being able to do this stuff with us. It's a dream come true to talk to one of your heroes. So hope you enjoy. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Ball Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Bachman. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like Working Class Bow Hunter. It's really, really not that good. Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. He didn't want to come back, but back by popular demand. Mark Drury, thanks for coming, buddy. Oh, is this the working class guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd you end up here? Do you do you know how that happened? 
Oh, I thought it was a different podcast. We, <laughs> we told him we were someone else when we called him. Yeah, you took the wrong phone call. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> How are you guys? And thanks for having me back on. I really appreciate that. We're good, man. Thank you for coming back. I think the last podcast you recorded with us might be our most downloaded, most responsive podcast we've done to date. Um, so thank you for that. And thank you for dropping knowledge for all our wage brain listeners. I and think we they... hope you don't have a dinner to go to tonight or anything like last time. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I, I do not. So, I mean, the season's here, man. It's all deer, deer, deer right now. There's no dinners. It's just drinking and deer. That's it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's all you need. That's exactly it. So Double thank, D's. Thank you so much for coming back, man. We do appreciate it. And uh, I know it's tough to get you on to do anything besides hunting and, and drinking, so thank you for, for taking the time out of the night to come on the show. Especially this time of the year. Yeah. Absolutely, man. For you guys, I'll do it. I, I love talking to you guys. You guys make it fun, and it's just uh, really enjoyable the way you guys do things. I, th I think you're the best podcast out there, in my opinion. That means a lot, saying that you guys have your own podcast. I just got chilled when you said that. <laughs> yeah. Matt and Tim are probably upset right now, Mark. <laughs> well... Yours is the only podcast I listen to, so it's obviously the best. <laughs> right. It's like, uh, sorry, guys, but it just it is what it is. That's right. So There's a lot of good ones. I just enjoy how relaxed you guys are. I really do. I think, I think it's a, a great vibe. Thanks. That's that's what we shoot for, man, just the, the, the camaraderie feel. Of, that's what of, we shot from from the beginning. Yeah, just having beers, hanging out, talking deer, man. That's what everybody does anyway, so why not make a platform where people can enjoy it? Absolutely. So, well, hey, what's going on, man? It's opening day right now, the day of this launch. There's a lot going on. People are excited. What's going on in the deer woods with Mark Jury? There's a lot going on, man. This cold front is like tailor-made. You could not have scripted one any better to start the season here in the Midwest. Iowa, Illinois, of course, Missouri's still rolling. Any Anybody that's in the Midwest, uh, the first few days of the season, depending on when this front hits you, uh, highs in the 50s, pressure at 30.25, northwest winds with rain and southeast winds coming right after it, uh, again with high pressure, you literally could not have, have storyboarded it any better. I mean, there's going to be a lot of deer die here the first few days of October, in my opinion. The one thing that could, I think, deter that, we're just coming out of the full moon. So mornings might be pretty good here in the early part of October, uh, but I think it's cold enough and the pressure's good enough evenings will still be good if they're not it's because we just went beyond that rising moon the rising moon occurred during the latter part of september i always see the best afternoon movement the six seven days prior to the rising moon and we did in missouri we saw fantastic movement during that period so it really depends how they react to this moon being full and and whether it flips over to mornings and of course mornings are never as good for mature buck activity this time of the year as they will be in early november so keep your eye on the prize 28 days from now when we get into that rise or that falling moon in the morning i misspoke when we get into that falling moon in late october and early november mornings are going to be on fire if the weather's right when we get into the early part of the rut there Okay, so for people who don't know, what is what does that mean with the falling moon? What does that do for deer movement? Is it the barometric pressure? What's it, what's it affect? Well, it really doesn't. It has nothing to do with um, the barometric pressure or anything else. The moon, to me, you know, it's almost like the, the tides that seems to be. And, and I don't have a you know a logical explanation as to why. I just know that it does influence daylight activity the moon is one of 13 influencers that we use within deercast to predict uh hour by hour activity in anybody's neck of the woods well to us we see and kill and have a lot more luck in and around the the full moon the 14 days of the you know leading into and then following so seven leading into seven following take the day it's full back up seven days afternoons are generally a little better for afternoon movement take the day it's full and go forward seven days and generally mornings are a little bit better because the seven days leading into the full moon, it's rising of an evening and that seems to enhance daylight activity in the afternoons at the food source. The seven days that follow the full moon, it is falling in the morning and that generally has a little bit better effect on, on morning movement. However, you still have to have a time of the year when mature bucks like to move during the morning. So that's why I say that falling moon in early November will be better than the falling moon here in October because right now it's predominantly a PM game for mature bucks. You can still kill one, but they're not moving very far in the mornings. Afternoons are where it's at. 
generally. Uh, so we'll see if this full moon does indeed affect the movement during this cold front. I, I think the cold front's good enough. It's still going to be quite good in the afternoons, even though we have lost one of our key optimal influencers in the rising moon, which just occurred in late September. And would you say it's safe to say like the cold front really helps? Because usually, like I think last year, it was it was like almost 90 degrees on opening day. So the cold front oh, has a huge effect on it, correct? Absolutely, a giant effect. You know, it's one of those influencers that we look for, uh, and, and we, we compare it to the average high in your area that day, and whether you're departing it from a negative to a, or to a positive above or below the, the, uh, the average high for the day that day okay so there's optimal ranges though too if you get such a cold front that it's say 30 or 40 degrees off of your average high that can subdue movement especially in the early season because they're not quite ready for it it almost shocks them a little bit interesting or if if you get 15 20 degrees above you're starting the, the further you get above that average high the worse that daylight activity becomes it just shortens the duration in which they're comfortable enough to go move right right and a lot of this that you're explaining this a lot of this can factor into like what people see with deer cast right you know what it gives you like your how good of a day it might be for deer movement yeah it does deer cast looks at not only those 13 weather variables it also looks at the phase of the year or the phase that you know the, our show 13 we broke the season down into 13 different phases so the weather variables how they affect the deer movement differ throughout the 13 phases. So if you look at it and you're trying to figure it out and you go, okay, well, in phase one, these things occurred and I got a, a good um, prediction. But in phase seven, similar things occurred and all I got was an okay. Well, it's looking at everything per phase, per weather variable. It's a very complicated algorithm. It's one that took us a long time to figure out, but man, she's fine-tuned and rocking and rolling right now. I mean, it is it is spot on. I mean, it's really, really accurate. Would you say it took you about 30, 30 years <laughs> to figure it out, or what? It, it really did, and, and when it really came to light was the last 10 or so, or maybe more now. When we first started looking at reconics pictures, and then tying the weather variables into what was occurring, because We've all sat there, right? And and the thing that always intrigued me was sitting there one night and seeing 30 deer, and the next night you see nothing. Yeah. And it's like, what the hell just happened, you know? And there are light switch things, not only in the phases, but also in the weather variables that just change the way whitetails move. And that's what we wrapped into that algorithm. And, uh, man, it, it sure does help help make you a better hunter. And that's what we wanted to do with it was, was make you a better hunter, whether it be the – the algorithm or deer cast track or deer cast custom or the news feed, whatever it is. We just, we just wanted to get in people's pockets and help them out a little bit. It is really incredible how you guys, I don't know, narrowed it down so much. And yes, yeah. it's impressive. And, and, and by getting their pockets, I didn't mean charge them. I meant put, <laughs> put the information in their pockets. I, I probably misspoke there. Not but. taking the money out of their pockets. <laughs> it's not that expensive for what it is too, no. especially if we have a code. No, it's, See, see the intro for the code, or actually episode description. We have it listed there. Um, save yourself some coin on DeerCast. It, it's it's not bad. It's a great tool. DeerCast Track. Um, and not to go off, I wanted to get back into. Uh, well, here, let's just jump around. I want to talk about DeerCast Track, and we might have talked about it on the last podcast, but that's probably one of my favorite tools besides mm -hmm. the weather on DeerCast. But I want to talk barometric pressure for a little bit because I feel. For me, I forget what I'm looking at when I'm when I see barometric pressure. Like I, I understand, like rising pressure is what you want, high pressure days. But what, in your eyes, what is the optimum barometric pressure range that you want to be in for big buck movement? It varies per phase. I mean, high pressure, like right now in in early October, if you get above twenty nine point nine five, you're really you're starting to reach you know higher pressure and optimal pressure. Now. That same pressure in December is not considered very high because it's relative to the season. We have much higher pressure as it relates to the season in December than we do now. If you watch it very closely, it's not uncommon to see pressure at 30.4, 30.5 on a high pressure system in December. You would almost never see that right now. It's very uncommon. You could, but it's much more common the latter part of the year. It's, it's much higher pressure. So the optimal range changes per phase. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that, that's something that I don't overlook it because if I can hunt, I'm going to hunt anyway um, and hunt 
to the best of my yeah. ability without right. like messing right. something up. You know, I'm not going in stupid. Um, I don't think anyway. Um, but yeah, like you definitely, that's something to look for. And that's something that, you know, DeerCast plays in and you can see all that right there on your app when you, when you open it up. So, um, well, and go bring up a good point, Kurt. It is one of the most important points because I've heard people say, well, I don't need the app. I'm going to hunt regardless. Well, what if the app could help you decide whether you go for it? You go for the jugular, right? Because you've got a good or a great or an okay. And you like, you know what? These, these are positive days. I should go for my best spots versus a poor or a bad where it's like, no, oh, I don't know that I want to intrude in there today. I might, I might pick a, an outer, you know, outer limit stand or a place to go shoot a doe or perhaps it's a place to set up and scout. So even though you're going to hunt every day, it can still help you make choices as to where you hunt every day and how you go about your game plan. Absolutely. That's a really good point. For me, the mental game of hunting is like my number one challenge. And if I feel good about a sit, that helps me. I feel like that just makes me sit longer, makes me feel better about my decisions. Like it's just much of a mental game. It's probably more of a mental game than it is a physical game. I guess that's an arguable uh, comment. But do you feel that way? Oh, absolutely, man. This is a mental game period because look at what all goes into any individual sit, like the equipment checklist, uh, you know, the weather, the access, the pictures you've been looking at. Like your mind has to become a little computer and process all this stuff to actually make a good decision in the moment of truth. So you have to also stay very focused. And that that expands when you get into those central phases, phase six, seven, and eight, when you're into the rut and you have to expand your focus and sit all freaking day on, on a lot of those days. I mean, it's, it's a, it will drag you down, man. It, it can suck the, the energy out of, out of the sharpest of minds when it comes to going out there and trying to figure out a particular deer, because more often than not, you fail, right? Yeah. In baseball, you know, if you bat 300, well, you're failing uh, 70% of the time. In hunting, hell, you're lucky if you're successful 1% of the time. You know, you go, right, right, right. What, if you 100 days, how many days are you going to actually kill something? Maybe at best three or four, you know? So, right. you, you know, 5% of the time or 90 plus percent of the time, you're, you're not going to succeed in actually harvesting a target animal. So, those days are the ones that just tax you from thinking, you know, you're thinking, 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 how do you get ahead? How do you make the right choices? Let me ask this, Mark, when you hunt, how, like right now you're going out hunting every time you go, and I don't, this might be hard for you to break down and I'm hoping I can even ask it correctly. What is your success feel percentage when you go into a hunt? Like right now, does that make sense? Like, do you think you're going to be successful? Like what percentage of it? Like, are you feeling at a 70%? Are you at 50% when you go in? Saying every time he goes out, yeah. what's the percentage that he and, and might I, yeah, harvest something? Exactly. And I know it always changes per time of the year and what's going on. But say October 1, this cold front coming in, where are you at on a successful percentage feel going into a hunt? If if it's an okay, a good, or a great within deer cast, and I hate to keep going back to that, but it really does frame things up as far as whether it's a positive day for movement. If it's a positive day for for movement i'm 100 percent in man like if i feel as if because first of all if i'm going in on a good or a, or a great day i'm going somewhere that i feel like i'm going to kill one of my target animals right mm-hmm. and if i'm going there then i'm 100 percent focused every single second of the hunt i learned that I, I was a little kid and i remember paul Sexauer. he was talking about turkey hunting and he, he was visiting with this gentleman, and Paul said words of wisdom, man. He goes, I hunt like I'm about to kill a turkey at any second of the day, every single day, every hour. I'm constantly about to kill one. He goes, because the moment you're not, your guard's down, you're going to miss out on an opportunity. And I've hunted like that since that day. It's, it made so much sense to me. It's like you got to be ready. you got to be focused. you got to be zoned in. And I, I think that – if you go in with the attitude that, eh, I'm not going to do very good today, well, chances are you're going to have your guard down and you're not going to end up succeeding. Right. However, if you're in there and you're sharp and ready to go, you're going to make it happen. So I think if it's a day where I feel like deer are going to move, you know, based on my knowledge of the weather or whatever it is or deer cast's prediction, then I'm, I'm 100% planning on killing one every single second of the day. And you don't always do it, but when it, when they do come out, you're going to close the game. You're going to close the deal a lot more often. That's a great. That's what's nice about having the app too, though. Like if you have a feel good day and look at the app, you're like, Oh, reassured. It's going to be a good day. I like that. Um, I like that mindset too, Mark, because I I feel like I'm kind of that way. I've taken my wife hunting a few times and, you know, like mostly ground blind hunting. 
And she kind of made that comment. She's like, you're just edge of your seat the entire time. I'm like, yeah, because in a blind especially, you have something come from a blind spot and you're caught off guard. But I, I do love that because if you're going into a spot, why go in not ready if you're going to go? Like, why even go if you don't feel like you're yeah, going to be successful? True, for sure. you got to have that mental, like, strength and that you're going to be. And I think that's the big difference between people who are successful every year and people who are unsuccessful and then complain about the people who are successful. You know, it's a, a lot of it is a mindset thing, getting things figured out and getting getting shit done the way you need to get shit done. Um, and also, it's... And- you know, we, we owe it to the animals, right? You know, I mean, you owe it to that animal. You're trying to take a life. You know, it's not, uh, it's nothing more, nothing less. You're trying to take an animal's life and you owe it to that animal to make damn sure you're ready to take that life in as efficient a manner as you can. Absolutely. Well, and too, like all the work we put in preseason, like all that work comes up to that. Like, I'm not going to just sit around and be a bum when I put all this work in preseason to, right. to try and yeah, make Why it not happen. be ready? Yeah, you're not right. going out to eat soup sandwiches. You're going out to like right. to, to call your shot type of thing, you know? For sure. And I think that's what's what's so cool and intriguing about you, Mark, is like you're so knowledgeable. You have so much experience. I just That's kind of why I asked the question. I don't see you going in on a sit with a 10% success feel going in. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't, and and I get uh, a lot of pushback from people that I hunt with that they they don't like going with me because I'm too intense, and they call me crabby and fussy, and and I'm really not. I'm not. I'm not that. I'm just that focused into the moment, you know. And yeah. they call it. They say I whisper yell, and I'm I'm not whisper yell, and I'm just trying to coach them through the moment and make sure that no mistakes are made, whether it be with footage or the weapon or whatever. And I, I don't mean to be that way, but I, I want to everyone to succeed, whether they're hunting or I'm hunting or whatever. So yeah. I'm just. Very intense when I'm out in the field. Probably yeah. too too much so. Taylor, I respect that a lot. Whisper yell. That's hilarious. I kind of feel that way when I hunt with other people. I don't know if you caught that vibe. Like Eric and my dad oh, yeah. were hunting with me when I was in the blind. I'm very I like – for sure. I'm very uh, – I don't want to say I'm a dick, but I'm kind of a dick. But I, but I don't mean to be a dick, I guess is what I'm saying. Like I'm trying to be – I want like my we had an antelope coming in. We were antelope hunting in South Dakota. And we had a goat coming in, and we were sitting awkward in a blind. And I was like trying to coach my dad through it because I wanted to see my dad kill an antelope so bad that I just kind of like I take the front fourth initiative to like be the dude that's helping everybody through their shit. And I and it's maybe it's a fault. I don't know. I feel like it's a good thing because I want to see my buddies be successful, whatever. But I don't know. Eric probably thought I was. A oh dude. no, you're on top of it because like you you like grab your because. Papa Dave missed. We covered this on a different podcast. You're like, grab your bow, grab your bow, because the, the buck did stop. And even before you say grab your bow, it was already in your hand, and you were handing it to me. So I respect that. Like, Right. I'm trying to just be on the, right, the right. forefront of For sure. like the situation. Sure. So I don't know if that's the same thing that you're talking to, Mark. I'm definitely not on your level at all, but I guess – Probably in my head, I think I am, and I look like an ass. <laughs> but you're whisper, you're whisper yelling, Kurt. You're I, whisper yelling. Stop whisper yelling. It's hurting my feelings. Calm down. Quit it. Next time, time you guys have Taylor on, ask her if she's ever been whisper yelled at. And see, you'll, you'll get a response. From her. I would, but I don't think Taylor and Austin won't podcast with us. I don't know what the deal is. I think they're they they're, hate us. They're above us, Mark. Why? Why will they not podcast with you? Remember when we tried to set a podcast up with them at ATA, which we should have known better, and they blew us off. Remember that sad day. Uh, yeah, not there. You got to get her on the phone. <laughs> this would be the perfect time, late evening. She's always she's always wide awake. Right? I'll just call her while recording already and be like, "Hey, what's Austin doing?" Yes. Hey, exactly. can we can we have him on a podcast? Just call her. Can Austin jury talk? <laughs> <laughs> he gets edgy about that. Don't say that. <laughs> that post she had the other day was hilarious. Should be Austin Drury or Austin Land. I thought that was. I just thought that I didn't like. She, she did that. I got so much respect for Austin and SPA only. I, I thought it was a little snarky, but that's them. I mean, I stay out of their business. I didn't even tell her that, but I thought it was snarky. So it's pretty funny though. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You no know? one, no one. Austin's funny. Listen, the thing is, Austin's got to realize when. You're married to a family from Midwest Legends. You got to just understand that it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, I know they got their thing going out west in Utah, but we're talking about Iowa, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Legends in our mother's mind, maybe. That's, 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 that's as far as that goes. <laughs> well, I think Not a lot of people's time. minds. <laughs> that's funny. No, I was. Ever since. The, the, what happened was they just they're too good for us right at ATA we tried to record with both of them so I, I just keep playing off giving her shit about that like it, what it was is like we were both were just we were we were hungover so we we're like all right cool we're not gonna do it and I don't know what they were doing I'm not gonna put that demon on them but 
I just always give her shit for that. Her and Austin, like, ah, oh, you guys blew us off. It's cool. Like, we'll just podcast with your dad instead. I suspect they were hungover. Be my guess. <laughs> That's my guess too. You know, I didn't want to put that on them, but I know, uh, I I'm not pointing fingers. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So whatever, you know. But no, it's all it's all good. That's funny though. The jury land debate. <laughs> I like that name, Taylor. The jury land. It's kind of cool. It is a good name. I like it, man. And I like Austin, man. He's one of my favorite people in the whole world. What a what a great guy and what a great family. They are amazing. Oh, yeah. Well, when you arrange a marriage like that, Mark, it's pretty easy to like the guy. You know? <laughs> Tom and I did pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're on par, man. I like. I got to map out a good Western dude for my daughter once she gets old enough. I'm like, hey, you let me come out and kill a good mule deer, and we'll talk about the whitetails once that happens, and then there we'll see go. where we're at. Exactly. So, no, I see what you did. I like it. I like it. Respect your moves. You're, you're a calculated man, Mark. It worked. It worked out well. Plus, she's out in Utah out of my hair now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Now you can do whatever you want. <laughs> right. That's awesome. So, moving into you know past this cold front, coming into mid October. I mean, I, I I should pull up my app and check, but I got you on the phone. See what I did? What What else should someone be looking for past this cold front if they can't get out? Moving into mid October, what's like one of the main strategies that you would recommend to our listeners that has worked for you? I guess the most effectively. Well, if the forecast holds true, we're going to see a warm-up after this cold front. So, man, if you're going to take some days, take these first few, you know, because by the, what, fifth, sixth, seventh, somewhere in there, it starts to warm back up, and then it trends up in the upper 70s. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, oh, we're getting a little bit warm here. We're also getting away from the full moon. We're entering back into that period that I dislike, which is the, the new moon or the dark of the moon. I just see a lot less uh, daylight activity. So if you add the two together, you know, temperatures that are above the average or above the norm for your time frame, plus dark of the moon, plus the October lull, I think mid-October could be tough. Uh, however, the silver lining to that is whenever you have extended heat like they're predicting, which it may or may not be accurate, it's very hard to expect accuracy out of the weather beyond beyond the six or seven that's right in front of you, right? Those 15-day yeah. forecasts, we've all seen them, they can be highly inaccurate. But yes. when you get an extended warm period that first day that it's cold that follows that that first cold front that follows it is oftentimes worth the heat that you just went through so you, you're going through the heat and they're not moving very well they're moving at night on your cameras and stuff and you know you just got to play your own game probably sit some spots that aren't nearly as good as what your a game is and just wait for that cold weather i know it's frustrating because you wait all year for it but in reality you can do a lot of harm on on days when they aren't moving well so if mm -hmm. you're on and he's daylighting by all means jump in there and get him you know maybe you, you found his bedroom and he's and uh, you're right next to it on a food source but more often than not when you get warm periods in the middle part of october they can be quite tough you add acorns or a heavy mass crop which we're certainly dealing with here in iowa uh uh, and all of a sudden you got another strike against you. So it, it could be a very tough October if we don't see this forecast change a little bit. And I'm speaking here in terms of the Midwest. I know you guys have listeners all over the country. So it's really just what it's going, how it's going to line up in your area, uh, you know, during that portion of the month. Absolutely. I think great advice. And you, you brought up something that I want to talk about because this is something we've talked about in the past. It's something I've seen, um, you know, air quote TV experts talk about air quote, other podcasts, whitetail experts talk about, and that's the October lull. And I know you guys reference the October lull a lot, um, but I've also seen other people being the expert online or on podcasts or wherever that say the October lull is complete bullshit and that you don't actually know how to hunt deer during mid-October. What what What's your comment back to that? <laughs> Well, the, the October lull, in my opinion, should be called the October swell because if you look at deer and their demeanor and how they look and how they act on, say, October the 10th, and then you exit out of what we call the October lull or the, the swell around, the say, 25th or so, it looks like two different beasts, okay? So it, it's like you put him on HGH for two straight weeks and he <laughs> came out the backside. Right like you know an olympian athlete he looks like the uh, rock getting ready to vote for biden yeah right <laughs> right so sorry <laughs> oh, oh, that's a whole nother podcast i know i did it because i knew in the pot there i did it because i knew you'd be like fuck you <laughs> well 
Yeah, we could go into. I mean, we had Don Jr. on uh, our podcast the other day or a few weeks ago, and we just got murdered over it. It's like whatever, you hey, know. Hey, all he was, all he would, he wanted to come on to say, hunters, we need to register to vote. You know, a third of the hunting population, call it fifteen million. You know, a third of us aren't even registered to vote. I believe that is unbelievable. It. It's lunacy. Like that is, we have a very powerful body. That many votes could sway any election. Think about it. Yeah. And a third of us aren't even act active in it. So you guys should continue to get your listeners to make sure that they register and make sure they, they go vote, regardless of the pa- uh, party that they vote for or who they support. Just go vote. I yeah. mean, we're crazy not to use it. I mean, it's too important. There's too many things going on in our country for us not to pay attention and uh, have our eye on the ball with this thing. Oh, but for sure. Nonetheless. I didn't mean to do that, but yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, especially, you know, especially as hunters and a, and a, diff, a big niche of our community. Like we, we can make a difference with our numbers, but sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to make the Biden comment and steer it, steer it south, no, but I, I thought it was funny. If you love, if, yeah, if you love hunters' rights and you love the Second Amendment and you love the guns and all that stuff, make sure you go out and let your voice be heard, regardless of which side of the aisle on. Make sure you exercise your right to vote. But nonetheless, okay, the October lull. But, <laughs> yeah, but vote Trump. Okay. October lull. You just pulled her back on the road. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you see my comparison, though? Like, call it 10th or 12th and then call it 25th or 26th. Do you, you see what I'm talking about, how deer look and act differently? 100%. Like 100%. So they go through a major change in the middle part of October. They don't move very far. They're doing a lot of rubbing and scraping and stuff. A lot of it happens at night. Do I think there's an October lull? Absolutely, I do. However, I've had really good October lulls when they fall in and around the full moon. This year, I think the October lull or the middle part of October is going to be fairly challenging because it's the dark of the moon, and I, I have a lot of bad luck during dark of the moon. I don't see as much daylight activity. Hell, I don't see as much nighttime activity during dark of the moon. But on the full moon, if that hits during the October lull and you get cold weather and you have a lack of mass crop, they start moving around pretty good. So I think it probably goes with the year and what type of conditions you have as to what type of October lull you're going to have. But something drastic occurs with the whitetail during the middle part of October. I mean, they undergo a major, major change in their demeanor and their look. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And that's I never really thought about it in that way. That much depth, I don't think. Yeah, I, think I think that was the best way to answer that October lull because everyone asked about it and you're like, yeah. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know, but... That right there was to right. a T. Yeah, that makes sense. They're, they're in bulking season. They're right. they're bulking up. They're getting their weight on. They're doing their thing. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That, that's like, a good way to like break it down. A fighter just right before a fight, he's training hard yeah. to go into that fight, and that's kind of what they're doing. Yeah. Well, and their testosterone's building day by day by day, and all of a sudden, the latter part of October, he's about ready to explode, and that's where all that swelling comes from. So a lot of it is, is chemically with inside the deer as well. Would you try and move in on a buck, you know, if he's staying in that small area, bulking up? Would would you make a move and try and get on that buck, or would you wait for him to more make a mistake on his end? Um, If the weather's right and I feel like I can move in, yes. But keep in mind, they don't move very far. Uh, they start to expand home ranges a little bit in the middle of October, but they're still pretty close to where they started out in late September, early October. Some shifts do occur where they'll they'll leave one home range and go to another with some bucks. Others stay put in their home range, uh, but they're still not traveling far on a day-in-and-out basis, if that makes sense. Yeah. They may shift three miles and then camp out here for the next two weeks and not move three or 400 yards. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. It's not a lot of, you know, bed to feed, feed to bed movement like they're about to experience in the latter part of October. That's when things really start to get juicy. Man, I love the 25th through November the 8th. I'll take those dates anytime. I love the first 10 days of October and then I love the last six and then the first seven of, of November. Where have you killed the highest percentage of your bucks? Like what, if you had to pick like a three day spread, what would you pick? I know you kind of did, but just if you could narrow it hard. Three day spread. I, I, I mean, if you had to pick, that's challenging. That's why I'm asking it. Oh, absolutely. Love well, it. Well, um, my, oddly enough, the biggest deer of my life I killed during the October lull on October 21st. <laughs> <laughs> But I found his damn bedroom, exactly what you're saying. And I, I moved into his bedroom and because I knew he was going to leave. The previous two years, it was the deer we called Danger. He left 
right? He would he wouldn't come back till December. So I I, I don't know where he was spending the rut, but it wasn't where he was spending September and October. So he had shifted a little bit from where I thought he'd be, and he and I found his bed out in the middle of the CRP field, and I just crashed in on him, you know, and and went in there and killed him the first time we hunted. But I waited till the exact right condition with the weather, had a freaking thirty point two one morning south southeast winds, and I mean it was just awesome. First south after several north major cold front um it was my anniversary that day and uh wade and i went in of a morning and, and killed his ass coming back to bed <laughs> god on bless your, your wife your anniversary you're out, you got married during hunting season well i mean this is 31 years ago right so i was back then all i was doing was turkey and i deer hunted a little bit but deer season back then was a week during rifle season you know it wasn't yeah. anything now but i picked it because of the fall colors i wanted to have a beautiful day each and every year so i picked the 21st because i'm I, i'm in love with autumn and I, I love the fall colors and that's why i picked it and tracy thought it was a great idea then but now she gets pissed at me because <laughs> <laughs> you're never home for no, your anniversary <laughs> anymore are you uh, no, I never miss it. it. Was the first time we've we've ever missed it, and she was the one because she could see my mind and she knows my de- demeanor when I'm really getting in on a deer. And we were sitting there having dinner one night, and I think it was on the 17th. And I was looking at the weather and scanning it all out, and she was like, "There's a major cold front coming on our anniversary. <laughs> why don't Why don't we just celebrate it tonight?" And she goes, I, I want you to, she goes, you're on a big deer. I want you to kill him. She goes, I have a gut feeling you're going to kill him on our anniversary. She looked straight in my eyes and told me that. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> holy shit. You this chose the like right worse. woman. Yeah, you did for <laughs> sure. Bless her heart. Angel, who is adamant <laughs> to spend our anniversary together. And she looked at me and she goes, I got a gut feeling you're going to kill him. And uh, we were at Fleming's in Des Moines. And we just celebrated that night, and I skipped the next day, and, you know, we had a great time, and sure as hell, she was right. I went out and killed him on our anniversary. She was exactly right. I guess when you're married to the mad scientist for that long, it just rubs off. She's got that feeling now. She <laughs> yeah, she, she knew there was a cold front coming and everything. She was ready. Yeah, hold on to that one, because if you guys ever ever split, there's going to be other hunters trying to lock that one in. Yeah, she's no predicting, predicting movement like that one. <laughs> on Giants. She, uh, Tracy and I have been together since she was 14 and I was 16. So we can complete, complete each other's sentences. And, you know, I've spent my entire adult life with her. So that's really cool, man. High school sweethearts, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And we went to different high schools, though. She went to the uh, public high school. I went to the, the private high school. And it's a great story. We met in a bar. Okay. She's 14 years old. Her mom owns this bar <laughs> called Pat Parkway. And I drive over there. I had a moped at the time, right? So, <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I'm not lying. I got a, I got a helmet on. I drive my moped over there. I put 25 cents of gas in. I go in the convenience store. She would run the cash register, and I'd sit there and shoot the breeze with her. And we just started dating, and we've been together ever since. What a story! That's a true American story, right there, man. Oh, she's awesome, Tracy's. She's she's a she's my queen, man. I I love her to death. You picked her up on a moped. Hey, absolutely. That's inspiring, right there. That is. Inspiring. There's there's listeners out there working with less. Just keep in mind. Well, mullet little mullet action out underneath the helmet i'd get that moped up to about 32 33 mile an hour and <laughs> ripple in the wind yeah downhill, yeah. downhill 100%. <laughs> that's awesome man that's a cool story well that's cool that like it actually is a cool story you know as as i know you might think it's dorky but it actually is for that's, some weird reason i can picture mark drury with a mullet on a moped well, you get to think too on. for like guys our generation. Everyone's parents are divorced. I mean, Eric's is an exception, and Doug, you know, screw you guys, right? <laughs> but, I mean, it, percentages. Most people's parents are divorced and like don't have that like happily ever after type of story. And so that is cool. It's neat, especially you know, with hunting as hard as you do, and to have somebody that supports you, like it is possible. Um, I know a lot of guys' wives don't. They're not backing their 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 husbands like that, or or even the ladies out there aren't backing. Right. Are, they're not being backed by their husbands for what they're passionate about, which is deer hunting. So it, it's cool that you found that. And I mean, you make a living off it too. So, but it, probably because of that, right? Well, you know, we do, but whether I was making a living in the hunting industry or whether I was making a living outside of that, I would still be over the top insane over whitetails, right? Like the yeah. passion would be the same. Um, so it, it's just great to, you know, live your life with somebody that understands you and constantly tries to make you happy. And in return, you always want to make them happy. To me, I say that's the, the key to a successful relationship is just 
Just try to do something to make your spouse happy every day. Quit looking for a damn fight. Quit bitching and moaning and make each other happy. If she wants to go do this, let her go do it. If she wants to go to Florida on a trip or go with go out with the girls, go do it. Have fun. I'll take you. I'll, I'll be the DD, whatever it is, and right. vice versa want to go hunting you should expect the same in return if, if everybody would just um not be so negative and unhappy all the time our, our world would be a lot lot better place to live so i got a question for you like i'm sure you did something before the hunting career was it a hard jump to make that from your regular job to a like doing hunting for a full-time career hell no i was working construction i grew up in construction my whole life um my dad and and uncle uh, owned Bloomsdale Excavating, which was a very large contracting company in Missouri. My brother is a civil engineer. He still owns a construction company. And I worked for either Bloomsdale Excavating or T. Drury Contracting from the time I was probably 12 or 13 all the way up through when I went to work for Toxie Hayes. And I was probably, oh, I started working for him in 19... 19- 89 so i would have been 22 23 years old when i when i went to work for toxie and um and the turkey calling got me into that i was really obsessed with calling competitively so i'd travel all over the damn country and at a very young age i started traveling um i won my first state championship when i was like 17 years old and um that was in tennessee and then i went to the nationals in the world and got just wrapped up in it and i just wanted to be the best caller i could be and and continue to to do that and i, I met toxie down in natchez mississippi at the uh world voice calling championship and um i i met him and he had just started mossy oak a couple years prior to that and uh i told him that day i said man i'd love to go to work for you and uh sure sure as hell i went down there and spent my um my spring break with Toxie, spent it with he and he and Diane, and he put me to work shortly thereafter. That's awesome, man. That That's is a great awesome. Story. Did you ever back in the day? Did you ever call? I don't know when Waddell got his start because I know he got his start with Turkey Colin. Did you ever run into him back in those days, or was he too young at that point? All the time, Michael and I just were constantly with each other on the weekends at all the all the majors. I've known Michael since he first started, and and likewise, he's he's known me since I was very young. Yeah, we were we were good buds. Hell, we we'd call and then we'd head to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine what Not that would have been too. like. Yeah. All, all those guys. I mean, uh, Ricky Joe Bishop, Steve Burnett, Steve Stoltz, uh, Joe Drake. Dempsey White, Boyd White, Tucker Crisp. I mean, all those guys are just dear, dear friends of mine. And, and I met them all on the calling circuit. We would always be together every weekend. And, um, you know, Jeff Probst, it just the list goes on and on. My dearest friends in the world are, are all turkey callers. Man, the stories you could tell, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I bet. It'd oh, there's a, there's a few. It would have been cool <laughs> to be like a fly on the wall back in those days. Oh, yeah, just sit sure. there and have a beer with you. Just because, I mean. Be a bar stool in that bar. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to hear, like, because turkey hunting was so big it's not that it's not big now but you know i started on whitetail so it doesn't it doesn't seem like i'm turkeys are secondary you know like that came sure. came later in my shame. hunting shame shame on you well I mean, it just that's what happened you know it came it later it and as, as just another thing to hunt and the off season for whitetails um but you know it's just it was a different a different time and i don't know I, I always wanted to say like turkey hunting started as a more southern thing but really not um it just i just don't know i wasn't around then and all of our listeners know my feelings for turkeys eric has he's cursed with turkeys i'm but, cursed but we were all born i was born in 90 you know what i mean so yep right yep 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 so, yep, different, yep yep i'm thinking through that and i was trying to think yeah 90 i was been my second year with with mossy oak so uh, yeah, I was heavy, heavy into the calling then. 89, 90, 91, 92, right through there is when I was calling the most and traveling the most, for sure. So do you think that if you wouldn't have made the jump and had those opportunities through turkey calling, do you think you'd still be working construction if you if deer hunting and turkey hunting had never taken you down the Jury Outdoors Avenue? 100%. Yeah, I was yeah, going to school for it, and I was planning a, a life in construction, just like all of my cousins and, and my brother. And, you know, it was just I grew up on a construction site, so that's all I really knew. And um, carving a a um, a job out of the outdoor industry was uh, like a dream come true. I really didn't – I had no idea, no preconceived notion, but, you know, meeting people like Cuz Strickland and, and Preston Pittman, those two gentlemen put me in front of Toxie and said – because I knew both of them from the calling circuit, loved them to death, and they – 
took me or they took Toxie and brought him over to me and they were like, you need to meet this young man. And, uh, we did. And then Toxie and I just freaking bonded immediately. Like we're almost, uh, we could be like brothers, you know, he is yeah. eight with turkey hunting over and above everything else. The same as me eat, sleeps and breathes turkey hunting. And we just hit it off and, and, uh, we talk all the time and we're just dear, dear friends. So I was very blessed to, to meet, uh, cuz and Preston and, and have them introduce me to, to Toxie. It's really cool, man. It's cool to hear like all that type of stuff. I don't know how often you get asked about that on podcasts or whatever, but for me, it's neat to like hear the start of all that. Like yeah. thinking about like what we're trying to do in the industry and trying to make like our own way and our own space yep. in this, in this, in this. And that's why I asked the question, you know, was it, yeah. was it hard for you to make the jump or was it not? Right. Because you know, we're, we're flirting with that and it's scary and we're hoping that, you know, we can continue to do this and like make more opportunity for ourselves, which is the goal. But it's cool growing up watching you on all the videos and looking up to you to hear, you know, that you were, you know, sort of in the same space that we're in now, but you know, of course a lot different at the same time. Um, well, I mean, and, and this is the perfect person to ask cause he's like the king of the outdoor industry. If you would say, right. it, you know, and like he made the jump and look where he's at today. Right. 100%. Well, I made the jump just out of passion and interest. And I was like, this has got to be better than construction. Right. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. killing myself. I was, I was a concrete finisher. So I'm bent over every day, pouring concrete. <laughs> And I've got an opportunity to go to work for Mossy Oak, repping in Missouri, Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas. That was the opportunity that was in front of me. So there, there lies Bass Pro Cabela's within that territory. It's a giant territory. I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, zero. They were just like, oh, you're going to cover these four states and you're going to be an <laughs> over-the-road over sales rep. Okay, how the hell do I do that? And I still remember to this day. God rest Bob Dixon's soul sitting in the warehouse in West Point, Mississippi, and Bob spending the entire day with me, not only showing me the full Mossy Oak line, but telling me how to sell and how to work with customers and what days of the week to go in and what weather to watch out for and what weather to not go in and what to say and what what not to say. And the thing that he said, I can still hear his beautiful southern accent in my head right now. He said, turn a negative into a positive. He goes, no matter what happens, if they say something negative he goes you turn that around immediately and you turn that into a positive and i I can hear him saying it right now i can see him sitting there and we lost bob far far too soon man he was one of my favorite people in the whole world i I just hate hate it that he's not here yeah that's that's good advice too like someone like that uh you know that kind of has like a legendary impact on like your future you know what i mean like the little thing you probably didn't realize it at the time but i bet you but maybe you, you did. But, maybe but, you did. But, but you never forgot what he said to you. Yeah, right. Oh no, I never forgot. I never forgot the cadence. I can hear it in my mind right now. Like, uh, it just you know how it is. Like when you want something so bad and you want to do well at it, like you are all ears and you are a big sponge and you you soak it all in. So here's Bob and Toxie who own this camo camo company, and they're asking me to represent them in four states. And at that point, they were predominantly southeast only, right? And Realtree ruled the Midwest at that time. Realtree was out to market here in the Midwest a little sooner than Mossy Oak. So I had an uphill climb. I mean, Bass Pro was Realtree from top to bottom. And I, I remember the first day that I went to a fall classic and actually had one round rack of clothes. And I'm sitting there amongst this huge-ass store, and it is Realtree from one end to the other. And I'm sitting there talking to every person I can about Mossy Oak and why. I think it's the best and doing turkey calling seminars man I was I was on the road constantly when I was that age I'd do a seminar every night of the week for six straight nights during the <laughs> during the turkey turkey time of the year it was awesome I mean but that's where you learn to meet people and you know learn to have relationships and you learn what people like and dislike and um you know I think it helps me to this day in, in terms of trying to communicate whether it be on television or a podcast or anything else I mean I did a lot of talking in the early days <laughs> Yeah, no, that's super cool. It's cool to hear about that time frame. And like, I kind of think like when you're telling these stories, I think of who I consider my role models. Um, it kind of in, in business and outdoor industry stuff, which kind of relates for me now. And Chase Ralston's one of those guys for me, you know, like he's, he's one of those guys. I know you know Chase really well. When I talk to Chase and he says certain things to me, like I listen to him and it, it kind of yeah. hits me different a little bit. And, um, he'll say things that'll really light a fire under my ass and make me kind of calculate what I need to do with the show or in personal life or in business or whatever it is. And 
So I, I get what you're saying, but maybe not on the same level. But I do have like those what I would consider similar influences and in what I'm trying to do. And you know, I do consider you one of those guys, especially um, as of as recently. But Chase has been that guy for me for a few years now. He's awesome, man. He's just such a positive person. He's a very sharp guy. He used to be a banker. I, I used to do all my banking with Chase. I met him up here in Iowa. I actually ended up buying a farm from Chase. Yeah. So we go way back, and I, I love him to death. He's really good at what he does as well. I, I really have a lot of respect for Chase. And to your point, you're like, it may, you know, I don't know what it means. Well, it's going to mean more 20 years from now. Trust me, it's really going to mean a lot. Just like me thinking back to the conversations with bob and toxie and cuz and preston i can remember all those conversations like they were yesterday because they meant so much and you'll you'll have those same memories in in your future particularly with guys that are guiding you like chick this yeah it's cool to have somebody like that kind of take the time to guide you because you know they're busy and they don't have to do what they do but it's cool they believe in you you know enough to like to say those type of things to you so i i do appreciate it and i don't know if he knows how much i appreciate it but like you said he probably will later down the road and, and you just said it. They believed in you. We did a podcast with Toxie not that long ago, and we asked him about, you know, what motivates him. Uh, and he goes, he goes, he's paused for a little bit, and he goes, when someone believes in me, he goes, I don't want to let them down. And he goes, that's what that's what motivated me is, is belief in me. And he goes, I think that's the best thing that you can afford your children or someone else around you is believe in them. And uh, boy, that's some strong words from a really sharp guy. And you just said the same exact term, Kurt, this first time I've heard it since then. And uh, it's, those are words to live by, whether you're raising a family, uh, a relationship with your wife or a girlfriend, or possibly a relationship with a buddy, show you believe in a man, show that faith. It, It goes a long, long, way in life a long way for sure loyalty man loyalty and i guess just belief and giving giving some people a chance when it feels right i don't know that's that's how i feel like chase have done has done us and, and a lot of other people too but you know there's just certain influences that hit different so no very cool man it's cool to hear that stuff and i don't know it kind of makes it's, me think it, maybe we're on the right path like very hum- <laughs> very humbling comparing notes even though they're not the same notes but they're they're damn close sometimes but well, your heart buddy your heart will almost always lead you in the right direction oh absolutely yeah for sure man well you know mark we appreciate you one i mean giving us the the time to come on our show especially later at night after you've been hunting hard and and taking the time to actually conversate with us i know our listeners absolutely love you man um the last podcast i'm telling you the feedback we've got from that and just they kind of love the interview style and murdered it with with us interviewing you or just maybe not even considering an interview, maybe you just telling us how, how to do things yeah. or whatever it is, you know? Um, but even us, like th- we've done three podcasts tonight. We're trying to hustle it out and, and ending with you, the last podcast of the night, even though we're tired and everything like that, it, it was super refreshing. Yeah, it's almost 10 o'clock. I got to be up at three thirty in the morning. Yeah. But I'm still here. Hey, working class bow hunter, man. That's, that's right. That's why we that's do right. it. Hey, we're here. But we're, we're chasing a dream and we're going to end up blasting it down and, and taking it over. So I don't know what it is yet, but we're going after it. <laughs> well, you're working, right? It's in your name. You're working class. I, I like it. Guys that work hard are going to get rewarded. They always will. I mean, it's just uh, I'm addicted to work. My my old man was like that. Big Ralph was he'd work six, seven days a week, 12, 14 hours a day. And that, that's the way I prefer to do it as well. If you work hard enough at something, you're going to succeed. So don't ever stop working. Don't stop taking your nose off off the grindstone, man. Just keep grinding it and you'll you'll get there. I, I have faith in you guys. I know you're going to. Well, we appreciate that, man. That means a lot. And I yep. think, you know, anything you want to say to our listeners quick before we close it out, Mark? I know, I mean, you you just dropped a bunch of knowledge on us again. Hunting and life, actually. So, yeah. Well, and yeah, we really, we really, we went from the October lull into all these stories about life and belief and all that good stuff. So I feel like we didn't hit as many uh things that maybe some of the listeners wanted to, to listen about in terms of killing deer, but uh, just check out DeerCast. I mean, uh, that app is just loaded with just so much information, and it'll help you be a better hunter just by making good choices day in and day out basis and help you understand the weather. We also teach people about the 13 variables and all that stuff, so check us out at DeerCast.com, and I, I think you guys have a code where they can get 20% off. You're like one of the few out there that we worked with to, to give a code to, oh, yeah. to get a yeah yep so. it's all in the episode description and it'll all be it's already you already heard it in the pre-intro so it's all there. Right hey i can tell you right now i seen the weather i seen that drop off i'm like i'm checking deer cast and all of a sudden on thursday it said great and great for the morning and night i'm like 
I'll be my ass in a stand <laughs> on the opening day. We're you going. Yeah, yeah, particularly in the evening, this is going to be really good. Always watch time of day, Eric, whenever you're – regardless of the phase – Go into the the video that says time of day down below the prediction. Yep. There's a whole list of videos that are backfill. Time of day should be at the top every time. As the phases change, we go into what are the best times of the day during that phase on each individual phase. And it's quite interesting how those times of day change drastically throughout the 13 phases. So make sure you watch those this year. And also, too, something we didn't ever touch on that I said we were going to touch on. See, I tried to, like, close this out, and then I remember a bunch of shit we didn't talk about. Right. That's kind of what I love about our podcast. Like, we can talk about hunting and then, like, life and hunting, too. But um, deer cast track. You hit a deer in a certain area. You got deer yep. cast track yep. on, on deer cast. You go through, hit like, pick where you hit the animal, and then a library of videos come up of animals, deer, that have been hit in that area with tracking advice and everything you need, really. It's, Which is it's insane. It's your number one. Bu- you know the buddy, the buddy that you normally call when you shoot a deer and you're unsure about it? Deer cast is kind of like put in front of that buddy. So you can watch all that stuff before you even get out of the tree. Well, did you ever notice when you call that buddy, he's also unsure? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's oh, a problem. Yeah, for oh, sure. I don't know, man. I don't know. Somewhere between three and 24 hours, you know? So. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'd wait till Monday for you to go look. Like, dude, it's Thursday. Yeah. You, yeah, never, you never know. You never know. <laughs> So, yeah. you safe and sorry. The reason we did it, like they always say, if you want to, you know, have a product that's successful, try to solve a problem. Well, I, I would go on—I don't know how many tracks a year—and not physically go on them, but visually get get a hit or get a call. Hey, I need help. I hit one bad, right? And I'm like, geez, there's so much demand when people and they're desperate, right? They're like, I can't find my deer, I can't find blood, and they have no no idea where to turn. So I'm like, man, what if we did an algorithm that we could you could place the cursor right where you hit it, and then we show them you know, six, eight, ten hits from our library because we've you you put a deer broadside or quartering right, quartering two, we've hit them in every single spot. If 30, 30 years, 100, 100 bucks a year, you're going to hit them in a variety of different spots. So we put all this together. We enlisted the help of tracker John Engelkin and Bobby Culbertson, the two best trackers that I personally know. They're the guys that I call when I need help and myself and Terry, and we break down every single hit, every part of anatomy. We'll tell you how long you should wait, what the blood sign should look like, and I always say it's the best help you can get when you need help the most. So, and it is an incredible tool, and if, if for no other reason you don't own DeerCast, own it for DeerCast Track, because I will promise you there's nothing else out there like it, and it, it is badass when you need help. I would agree. I went through just different spots. Like, cause it's got like a 3D graphic of a deer. And You're you just can, testing it. Yep. Man. I just was testing. Yep. I was like, what if I yep. hit one here? I did the same and thing. I would watch the videos and like the advice. It, it, dude, it's incredible. It's, it's next incredible. level. Mark, and I just it's, think of like when you guys are trying to figure out deer cast, like in a movie, you know, they're like, how'd you figure this out? And you're like, oh, come to our warehouse. And you're just flipping breakers and it's just a warehouse of file cabinets of all this information <laughs> just just click just click, paperwork click and lights are coming on it's just aisles of file cabinets of all this information that you guys gathered over the years it's it, honestly it's not it's all in either mine or terry's head it's, and we honestly we sat down over a few beers and we're like we shouldn't take this shit. which yeah, several, several. They drank but, two beers and had deer cast figured out. Yeah. No, we were like, at some at some point, we shouldn't take this to to the grave with us, right? You know, because he's sixty three, I'm fifty three. We still got a lot of years left, but while we can still think and think clearly and communicate it, it's like, why don't we try to get everything that's in our heads into one app? I mean, that was kind of the basis of why we did deer cast, just to put it all out there so that. In some way, shape, or form, we put our fingerprint, if you will, on what we've learned over the last 30 years. It's not saying we're the final word. It's just stuff we've observed, and we'll pass that information on through DeerCast. So just about everything that's in our two heads is, is in that app. If you search deep enough, you're going to find a lot of information in it. That's amazing. It's, it's so cool to see yeah. all that come yeah. into one app and to see you guys over the years. And like and the entire jury library. Right, and just yeah. like how do they figure it out? Well, now you can see how they figure it out. I was sending pictures. Pictures of old school Mark to Mark when I was watching on my lunch break. <laughs> Remember that, Mark? I was like, hey, check yeah, it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what the hell was Tracy thinking, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big frame glasses on both of you. Oh, dude, one. turkey hunting you guys back in the day with big frame glasses. I just, oh, hope th- I just hope there's a picture of this mullet on a moped somewhere. Ooh. I remember when when chat rooms first started. Like, I don't know what year this would have been. Maybe like 95-ish, 94. Yeah. And... 
I had never been on one, and I got on one, and I, you know, started do, tooling around in there, and I searched Drury Outdoors, and I go into this thread, and it was, you know, very complimentary, and blah, 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 and I'm reading down through all this stuff, and I said, I've never done this before, right? This is when they're brand new. I didn't even know what they were. I was just discovering it one night, and I get in this one thread, and this guy goes, Mark Drury needs a makeover. That's what it said. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, holy crap, you know? So I'm like... Uh, and he was right. <laughs> I look back on it. It pissed me off at the time, but I look back on it now. And I'm like, that dude was right. <laughs> that was totally great. Dude, I love hearing that type of story. Real quick, we were at a ATA show. We were talking with uh, Michael and Nick Munt. And we've told this on the podcast before, but I guess Nick Munt was reading Archery Talk, you know, which is, pro- I don't know, a great and probably terrible uh, website all at the same Especially time. Especially for a guy like that. Yeah. And I guess he was, Nick was reading through the forums and everyone was kind of like shitting all over Waddell and, I guess uh, he told Waddle about it. He's like, dude, everybody's shitting on you on Archery Talk. And Waddle's like, don't read that stuff, man. And I guess Nick was scrolling around like through a thread about Bone Collector. And he read the one, that Nick Munt's a douchebag. And, <laughs> and I guess he was just like, what did I do to this guy? So he's like, I haven't read one since. <laughs> and it's that fun- one comment. Oh, it's funny because he said that because like the year after – we got a link sent to us, and it was a full like fifteen page thread about working class bow hunter well, podcast. We were driving to a trade show, and we were all on yeah, it. Yeah, we were. And I was scrolling through it. I'm like, dude, I can't read that. Like, mostly positive, but you have the few that hurt your feelings, and you're just. It was the first time that we had like out of our hand recognition. Yeah. And then someone like just shit on us, like those guys suck, and you know whatever right. it said. <laughs> and we we're just like, man, I'm not reading archery talk ever again. But it's. It's amazing to me, and it's it's. Uh, I don't ever go into it. I mean, I, I did back then because it was new, but I, I haven't been in, in one in, in years. But I certainly see a lot of comments within our social pages and on DeerCast, and um, certain people just uh, they're negative. But here's the way I look at it, and I think this will ring true. And this is turning a negative into a positive. I'll go back to Bob Dixon's uh, advice from earlier in the podcast. If you, I'm a very passionate St. Louis Cardinals baseball fan, right? Uh-huh. And I read every single word that every beat writer writes about the Cardinals. I read every comment and every post. And, and I, you know, I don't ever voice anything negative, but sometimes I feel negative about their, their play. But I'm there every day, and I'm watching it, and, and I'm still responding in some way, shape, or form. So just because somebody's saying something negative doesn't mean he's not a passionate follower or listener so don't don't ever overlook that it may mean that he's a very passionate follower or listener and uh they they count too you know so yeah. don't don't overlook that as you know any feedback should be welcome and you can learn from a lot of times people are right if you're hearing the same thing over and over sometimes you got to look in the mirror and go you know what we're screwing up we need to change some some things yeah definitely definitely not wrong that's that's solid advice too it's just weird when you've, you're not used to it like the first like realization oh, yeah. of a public thing about you. Like, You're like, hey, damn, yeah, talking like, shit about all come of on, us. Man. Like, come on. Yeah. But no, you are right. I mean, it is, it is if, any feedback's good feedback. So it is. He took the time to write it. It's like, thank you. Appreciate you, man. And that's what I usually, <laughs> somebody rips us a new one on, on social. I always say, Hey, thanks for taking the time to, to watch our stuff and, and write a comment. We appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, kill with kindness. That's right. That's right. And then just do better next time. (laughs) Kill with kindness and just do better. Just do a little bit better. Or or the other thing I'll say is uh, I'd love to visit with you over the phone. Can we talk about this? And maybe I can answer some questions from you. And they'll almost always say, oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) I didn't mean that. I was having a bad day. So I'm I'm always willing to to visit with somebody, especially if they're pissed. You know, I want to help them out. I don't want anybody mad. Well, that too, and you change a lot of minds too. If they were to have a conversation with you, they might realize a lot about you that they would have never realized before. Well, you know, what subject out there can we not get through and come out with something positive out of it, right? You know, I mean, there's there's nothing in hunting that should should lead people down a path where they're upset or mad or are pissed off unless they start to take our hunting away or our guns away, those types of things. But just, you know, day in and day out amongst hunters, why are we mad at each other? We should be pulling for each other and be the first one to say congrats when somebody kills a deer or has success out in the field. So, you know, I love Waddy and Nick and those guys. And I love anybody that's out there hunting and, uh, you know, enjoying the sport that we're so passionate about. My, by golly, let's prop people up and not tear them down. A thousand thousand percent. 
Agree. Good words to split out on, man. Mark, we do appreciate your time, man. It does mean a lot, especially during hunting season. Like here, I, I'm saying what I already said, but um, no, we really do. It, it means a lot. Someone like you that gives our platform a chance, and I know you don't might not see it that way, and uh, but we we do really really appreciate your time, and I know our listeners do as well. Absolutely, dude. You can have it anytime you want. I enjoy talking to you guys so much. I'm telling you, the only podcast I, I really want to do. I really really. Enjoy- <laughs> guys i really do i do them all when they people ask i do them but i really enjoy talking to you guys you that guys means a like, lot that means a lot especially you saying that on record yeah yeah no shit well i've said it on all the other podcasts as well but <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude that's my guy right there <laughs> i just did working class bowhunter those guys suck i love this podcast <laughs> right, exactly man this is my favorite podcast it's the only podcast i listen to only podcast i listen to. i'll kick back i know we got our own but i don't listen to it <laughs> <laughs> i love it well, of course, you know you're welcome back anytime, man. We wish you the best of luck the next uh, couple weeks of season. We know you're going to get it done. And uh, looking forward to getting you back on and more of the jury crew. Um, I think I'm going to just, like, pick through DeerCast and choose random jury members here within the next year and just get, get all of them on. Just get them all. <laughs> get them all on until they just hate us. We just need to text Taylor and see if we get Austin on. I don't know if they'll, I don't know if they'll do it. <laughs> Absolutely. You guys need to have Wade on or Forrest and Terry's farm manager or, or Wade. I mean, Wade's been with me. This is his ninth fall. I think Forrest has been with Terry three now and Perry. He's, he's been with me one now. And it's, it's a, it's amazing. It takes a team to, to do what we're doing. And those guys are amazing. I think they'd be great guests as well. I, I think we'd have a damn good time talking to him too. Oh, yeah, we got to, sure. we got to get together here soon after season and do some, uh, just some beer drinking podcast nights and just really talk deer hunt and have a few, brewskis and and shoot the shit i think we'd we'd make some really long haul fun episodes uh getting together absolutely i'm down say the word let's do it boys all right sounds good we appreciate you man good luck the next couple weeks good luck to everybody out there thanks for listening you know what to do go shoot your bow we love you